Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news. Foreign and domestic. Unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is July 8th, 2019. It is Monday, and I told you on Friday, didn't I, that this weekend is going to be insane. I said it's going to be an explosive weekend. You need to keep your eyes out. And that this week was going to be popping, and you have to remember that we have a a president that promises made, promises made kept. And that is what is important. We have to remember that. That is key this week. In other news, I just wanted to say that early this morning, I got notification that Swallowell will be pulling out of the presidential race and running for his seat again. So stay tuned. That should be all coming out in public uh, later on today. Now, uh, I will... um, tell you guys something really interesting. So, you know, I wrote this article about Jeffrey uh, Epstein and um, who really has the problem with the unsealing of the investigation and that's Silicon Valley, especially post uh, 2010. We'll get into that later. Um, Well, no, we won't. We won't get into it. We won't at all because that has to come out through the FBI. But Let's, uh, let, let me tell you something that's incredible. So as you saw from the article, I pulled the flight logs to kind of talk about things that I knew about with Michael Wolf and Jeff Bezos and Eric Schmidt of Google and how they meet and what parties and Lolita Express and whatnot and how these airplane logs, these manifests are not complete. Well, here's something really weird. So I was looking into Alyssa, (laughs) Alyssa Milano. Here's how it went. Uh, Because there's an Alyssa that, you know, flies around Epstein's plane. And, you know, obviously since I've had these uh, travelogues since 2008, been looking at them and there's one specific flight. A specific flight with President Clinton and a bunch of people. A flight that went from you know, here to China, in one place in China, then another place in China, then went to Thailand, and then went to Brunei. And this all happened in May of 2002. And you know what's very interesting? Brunei. They were recently in the news because their law passed that they can now kill gays, right? And they told gays, you have five years to get out of our country or else we'll exterminate you. They have laws kind of like women that are not Muslim cannot say things like insalah or, you know, um, anything. They can't even utter anything with Allah in it, right? 
And, you know, women shouldn't show the, the soles of their feet, uh, you know, uh, gays, you know, exterminated, everyone, you know, goes to jail, promiscuity, jail, being, you know, a slut, jail. Mm. Well, here's the thing. I have found one link between Epstein, the Clintons, and the Sultan of Brunei. So the Sultan of Brunei likes little children. This has been reported after this whole ordeal with Epstein, post-Epstein. But this event happened in 2002. At the time that Bill Clinton arrived to Brunei, the Sultan, oh, with Epstein, right, I need to mention that, with Epstein, the Sultan of Brunei made a donation to the Clinton Foundation between one and five million dollars. Hmm. Now, testimony from a former Miss USA who was forced into sex slavery for the Sultan of Brunei pretty much talks about the Thai girls that they would import. Guess what Jeff Epstein was doing? Guess what Clinton did? They went to Thailand before they came over to where? Brunei. Here's the other deal. So the former president of China, Jimin, he was also on that plane and he was under house arrest for being promiscuous, for doing some dirty dealings and being super corrupt. So all of this is going to be put nicely into a short and sweet article that I'll be posting later on today. On top of that, there's another really short article. Okay, guys. So while I was doing this investigation, I stumbled upon a connection with a one of the biggest fraud events in our history, in modern times. <laughs> Guess what? Linked to the Clintons. So when I was looking into that, I found something super, super weird. It was this um, crazy registration, and I'm going to read it to you. This is hilarious, so this is kind of comedy. It's a trade name, and the trade name is called the Clinton Legal Expense Trust. I kid you not. And uh, the Clinton Legal Expense Trust has an address of 1010 Vermont Avenue, Northwest Suite 702 in Washington, D.C., the nature of its business is the purpose of the Clinton Legal Expense Trust is to raise funds in order to offset any personal legal fees and expenses arising out of investigations, cases, cause of action, or other such matters for which William J. Clinton and Hillary R. Clinton retained counsel that may occur prior to 121-2001. What? Why would they set that up? Okay, first of all, it's hilarious that they set up a trust for people to donate so they don't go to jail and so that they pay for their lawyers for stuff that they did before 2001. And what's crazy is, is that the filing date was 8-25-1998. Now, everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, it was about Monica Lewinsky. Oh my gosh, it was Uranium One. Yep, 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 yep. Those things, yep, yep, yep. But it's that other thing that I discovered. 
and it totally aligns with the time that they filed it. So the expiration date for that trade name was five years and it expired and lapsed on 825-2003. So this was like the older version of GoFundMe. I think it's hilarious, um, you know, and I think it's just, it's just super hilarious, okay, for like the Clinton body count and everything. So one thing um, that I want to put out there, I'm going to put it out there so other people, um, other journalists, um, can see it because I think it's important that someone in <laughs> I'm so sorry I find it hilarious so somebody else kind of like investigate the whole um hey uh they um you know killed people they uh, Clinton raped people um slush fund paying but wait till you hear this big expose that I'm not going to put on today I'm just going to put on the whole the you know, Sultan of Brunei paying for Epstein services and who was paid the Clinton foundation. So that's something the FBI should take a look at. Um, uh, this one is even bigger and it did happen, uh, between, uh, 1990, I would like to say 1998 ish, well, 1996 ish until 2004 when it popped. So, um, it is pretty incredible. You guys, it's super crazy. It's a big scandal, but for now let's remember William J. Clinton, right? He was pimping out services for Jeff Epstein to nations, to the Sultan of Brunei, where they picked up girls from Thailand and brought them over to the Sultan for his harem. So I just wanted to make it clear, the Clinton Foundation got one to $5 million because obviously they won't tell you the exact amount, but it's out there labeled as one to $5 million into the Clinton Foundation in the year 2002, in the month of May, just as Clinton arrived with, you know, the little girls that they picked up in China and Thailand for him. That hmm, is one of the things that's going to be coming out of this Epstein investigation. And I don't think anyone else has this information. Now, if someone gets to it before I do and publishes it, I really don't care. The thing is, let's hold them accountable, right? Let's hold them accountable. Let's put them on the spot. Let's call them to the carpet because you think Uranium One is bad. You think selling our secrets is bad. How do you feel about the president of the United States, former president of the United States, former, former, but at that, but at the time, Senator Clinton, she was Senator, pimping out and selling services for child trafficking for the government of Brunei. And keep in mind, this Sultan, I'm going to, in the article, I'll put a picture. He has solid gold toilets in his, you know, own private jet, just so you know. Solid gold, okay? And they got him to give them millions of dollars to connect them with Epstein to bring little girls. I hope Epstein drops that information because if he doesn't, I'm putting it out there on paper. Hopefully all of you will be retweeting it so the FBI can see it. I will tag the FBI on it and I will tag the president on, uh, on it because I want people to see it. This is how low you think Uranium One's bad, right? What about selling kids for favors from countries like Brunei that violate every single human right possible? 
pretty interesting. And it's very interesting how China, Sanghua, he just got in trouble for what? Child trafficking again, right? And it was, and people are like, whoa, what if he's connected? Dude, he's connected with Hunter Biden. That's even more incredible. And guess what? He's also connected with the previous president of China that also was on Epstein's jet. How much you want to make a bet that that dude was on Epstein's jet too? This is just how far and wide Epstein was. He wasn't just your average pimp. He was collecting and selling children. Now, nameless, faceless children from charities that he would pick them up. So in this, um, in this article, I have testimony from, um, uh, a person in Thailand who said that there was a, a foundation. I'm not going to name it yet because it's super fun to just put the name out there that, goes into Thailand and has been helping babies and children of single parents, like kind of like an orphanage that comes from the U.S. where Epstein would come and collect. That is where he would pick up his girls from Thailand. Now, you think those manifests are the only trips he's taken? He's got choppers. He's got other jets. He's got other planes. And he's got friends that ship out too. When Epstein would arrive in a country, people would be like, oh, that's so great. They'd phone up for girls. They'd have people at a hotel, politicians, you know, like you, Jerry. Hey, Jerry, who would call for a girl. Hey, can you send me some product? Yep, send you one right over right now. Hey, can you send me a few? Yep, sending it to you right now. He was the super pimp of discretion and that those girls would do anything or boys. But usually the boys were on the island. Funny how the island burned, right? Did the Clintons really think that would eradicate? Guys, I am so aching to tell you about this huge scandal um, with the Clintons from before 2001, which is probably why um, the legal expense trust was put up. But um, it's going to have to wait until I formulate it and put it correctly because it's all just, it's just too good to be true for now. So many of you are texting me and DMing me, telling me that my show is not airing. I realize it. I am actually troubleshooting as I am talking because I'm offline. I guess I'm not allowed to tell people that the Clintons were pimping for Epstein and making money on the side, but it's okay. I'm going to put it in writing so that way everybody can see it. Um, you know, Maybe they don't want people to know that they had their own GoFundMe going. Who knows? But I'll get it fixed. It's just a technical thing, right? So it'll be fixed um, and put together. I mean... Guys, I, I'm just finding it hilarious. Uh, this trust was registered in every single state. I kid you not. Maybe I'll have that article go up first because that was hilarious. All right. So um, getting to Epstein. Again, I'll say it again. The whole issue here with Epstein is the fact that they were all connected. Who were they and what? Politician, not just domestic, global, businessmen, Silicon Valley. We've got the biggest 
players implicated with Epstein. Epstein was the guy that would cater to any fantasy you had. Any, you know, carnal need you 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 can conjure or felt you needed, he would get done for you. They call him a hedge fund manager. No, no, no. He was like the global pimp. That was his job. He was the global pimp that had everybody in his pocket, that kept information, pictures. I mean, if you walked into his house in New York, in his brownstone, you would see pictures of young women in very compromising positions with males or with females. Maxwell. Hmm. Pretty interesting. So powerful. Just one thing that people need to understand is this movement where we elected the president of the United States was to empower us and show us no matter how powerful you feel you are, no matter how big you think you are, you will go down. And here is one thing that I didn't hear anybody else talk about. So you know that video about that girl who was in Texas that licked the bluebell ice cream, right? She licked it and then put it back in the freezer. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's like causing harm or intent to like spread disease or some whatever. And it's like a big thing. Well, if she goes to jail and she gets tried, I want to see Ariana Grande do that. I want to see Ariana Grande go to jail. She should be held to the same standard as that idiot that licked the ice cream thinking it was funny. Because if you remember, Ariana Grande sat there, licked donuts, said she hated Americans and peasant fans, licked them and left them there. Exactly what that girl did with the ice cream. Exactly. So why was she let off the hook with an apology, but we're going after this girl in Texas? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Ariana Grande will go She will go down to, and we need to make noise for her to go down to. He's doing it by empowering us to understand that no one is untouchable, that they will all go down. Remember, he was the one that was the, the, the sober one everywhere. He paid attention to everything. He rubbed elbows with everyone. Everyone liked him because he was that neutral guy with lots of money. That's it. That would tell you all these great things, pat you on your back, just like he does his enemies. He even retweets them. But in the end, his strategy was just to collect information. His thought was, my gosh, you have no idea what's going to come for you going forward. I can almost picture him. Picture him. I can almost picture him saying it out loud. What he's done for us as citizens is incredible. And I'm going to tell you something. When the FBI makes their statement, they're going to tell you, and no padding here, right? No tooting horns. But it was investigative journalists that helped reopen this. It was investigative journalists, citizen investigative journalists, not just the Miami Herald, not just, you know, other journalists that you see mainstream. Mike Cernovich, he's a citizen. He decided to go into media. He pushed for it, but he did the legal side. But who did the garbage digging? Who picks out these garbage things and pops them over? Because that's how you get things done. You know, I wanted to remind you guys something about Acosta. 
Do you know back in 2006, he totally attacked Rush, Rush Limbaugh? He went so hard on him. Do you remember that? I need you guys to look that up in Florida. How Acosta was super duper attacking Rush Limbaugh. He was going after him with the full force. And yet he was soft on Epstein. I just wanted to make that point this morning. Hmm. Now, as we realize, the deal that Epstein got, the first deal, was with the FBI to be an informant. Obviously, they wanted information. And you would think, why would they want information? Do they want to take it from him and eradicate it? Did they ask him for everything he had on Clinton? Like, who were they cleaning up for at that time in 2008? Or were they getting ammo? And then you would think, well, would Mueller really get ammo? Mm, Probably cover up probably eradication, and then probably get ammo on other people. Probably you be our guy to get us dirt on anyone. What if, now, stop me here if I'm just going out on a limb right here, but what if this Mueller investigation, this dossier, had a little bit of Epstein touch to it? What if... Epstein was somehow involved in the dossier stuff. I'm just saying, because if there was like an informant deal with Mueller, and Mueller was a special investigator, that would be really interesting, right? Super interesting. I'm just putting it out there because there's a few things that I'm hearing about. And, you know, being a a very good investigative journalist on the things that I'd like to put out, um, you know, I'm just saying, since there's a Nexium connection and Nexium connected to the Clintons and Clintons, you know, connected to DC, and then we've got, you know, a connection with um, Paul former president bill clinton and then you know the whole connection with the london royalty gchq i don't know you know so that's that and then we have questions like hey so you guys had all this information so why didn't new york prosecute him earlier why is it coming now Hmm. It's because we're looking into the Mueller investigation, aren't we, guys? Here's where the key is. We're looking into the Mueller investigation. So if we're looking into the Mueller investigation from the Southern District of New York and we're examining what Mueller may have done or may not have done or what corrupt he's done, how much you want to make a bet Hmm. that maybe some of the information that was provided by some investigative journalist kind of said, yo... Hey, there's like an Epstein connection right here. Can you take a look? And then another person was like, hey, this person did this and they rolled with this person. Why don't you take a look? I'm just saying, why didn't Prebahara do it before? Why is it that it's 11 years later that they say, oh yeah, you know, the Florida agreement doesn't apply in New York. So we're going to retry him for crimes that he got a plea deal in Florida. That's not how it works. See, remember when they're investigating something, they can then investigate something else if they find something in the investigation, right? Level up, remember? So now we have Barr that is put out to the Southern District of New York to check into this whole Mueller investigation origination and how it went and who paid and what money and how was this money exchanged? 
Fusion GPS, Perkins Coy, lawyers and stuff and people that work together, politicians, prostitutes, child trafficking, human trafficking, organ trafficking. All this stuff is just coming out because of one measly connection. See, who's the fixer? It's a lot of people. I mean, your global pimp, of course, has got connections across the planet. You want to fix something. You want to do something. You're going to put it there. What if I told you that a very big client of Epstein's was one of the people that supposedly contributed to this dossier? What if I told you Christopher Steele may or may not have been part of that? Oh, interesting. Because how do you fly incognito when you fly with Epstein, of course, because all the logs and the flight logs and the manifest aren't all kept tidy together. So I'm just pointing out something that everybody missed. And, you know, I'm not going to write about it. I'm just putting it out there. Kind of like I told you last week, it's going to be explosive. I also told you that this week is going to be crazy. And I've also told you long, 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 long time ago about what was to come. And kind of like I'm going to tell you right now that Bill Clinton is going to come out and say something. So basically, what we're going to wait and pay attention for is Bill Clinton to come out and apologize or tell us, hey, it's not what it seems, which will be the worst thing he can do. But, you know, PR and all. And he doesn't have money for good PR. So watch and learn. Corrupt people do the same thing over and over again. And I can assure you that's what we're going to see for sure. But, you know past proofs future. And if you guys read one of my past articles, um, you'll see that what's going on with the um, driver's licenses is a trap. And I'll get to that tomorrow. So I'll see you all um, right after this short. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mike. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So in the first half hour, we had a few technical difficulties, I guess, discussing 
Epstein discussing the Clintons and that new link that I found this morning was not allowed on air, but that's okay because I will be uploading this episode later on this evening. And also I will be uh, putting out actually in publication quid pro quo, how Bill Clinton sold services of Epstein to gain money. And not, we're not talking pennies. We're talking one to five million dollars. And wait till you see it. You know, I um, will not talk about it other than mentioning it. So I'm not kicked off air again. But it is exciting. Now, moving along, let's listen to some key facts from the press conference this morning about Jeffrey Epstein. Take a listen. Preserving the innocence of children is one of the most important responsibilities we carry as adults. Purposely failing children in any way is not an option. And yet there are some in society who have chosen to blatantly disregard this responsibility using whatever means they have at their disposal to lure children into a life which they should never have been exposed. As we allege today, Jeffrey Epstein is one of those people. At approximately 5.30 p.m. on Saturday evening, we arrested him at Teterboro Airport without incident. Epstein has been charged with one count each of sex trafficking and sex trafficking conspiracy. For at least a four-year period, covering the entirety of 2002 through 2005, he is alleged to have sexually exploited and abused dozens of minor girls at his homes in New York City and in Palm Beach, Florida. The girls were recruited in a variety of ways, usually by employees of Epstein and sometimes by fellow victims. The victims typically received hundreds of dollars in cash. The estimated dozens of victims were as young as 14 years old at time of recruitment. Children who provided Epstein massages while they were nude or partially nude. Children who were asked to engage in direct and indirect sex acts for money. Children who were enticed to do all these things at the hands of a man more than or nearly three times their age. Those who have been victimized by child sexual predators are frequently haunted by memories of these crimes well into their adulthood, often for the rest of their lives. They bear the burden of someone else's criminal behavior. Too often, adults in our society have turned a blind eye to this type of criminal behavior alleged here. We have seen the excuses. The ignorance of many who didn't even bother to understand that this behavior is this persistent scourge against our society's vulnerable youth and the willful blindness as to who the real villains are in this type of outrageous crime. The villains are the adult perpetrators, not the children. Victims of child sex trafficking come from all walks of life. They are our neighbors, our students, young adults looking for help, vulnerable foster children. The list goes on and on and on. To the victims who may be listening or get word of today's charges, the team standing here before you represents FBI special agents, NYPD detectives, analysts, victim specialists, prosecutors, who make it their mission to listen to every individual who's been exploited and to advocate for the most vulnerable among us. We are parents, we are community members, we are human beings. But as an FBI special agent and the head of this office, I have the privilege to represent and stand among many who make it our mission to put prior predators behind bars where they belong, regardless of the predator's power, wealth, or perceived connections. 
Today, I'm asking everyone to take a good look at this man. If you have been victimized in any way, or if you are somebody who has any additional information about his alleged illegal behavior, we want to hear from you. Whatever age you are now, whatever age you were then, no matter where or when the incident or incidents took place, the number to call is 1-800-CALL-FBI. I'd like to take a moment to speak directly to the victims who will call that number. When you call that number, you'll receive a series of prompts. You'll be asked if this is representing a major case in the country. The answer is yes, it's number four. You will then be driven to the top of the list, and the Jeffrey Epstein matter is number one on the major case list in the country when you call that 1-800-CALL-FBI number. Your bravery might just empower others to speak out about crimes committed against them. It's important to remember there never was nor will there be an excuse for this kind of behavior. We know that reliving these events can be brutal. We are here to work side by side with you as you go through this process. You should know that in the eyes of the FBI, you come first. Many thanks as always to our partners from the Southern District. Our partnership with the NYPD on this case and so many others has been phenomenal. Thank you also to the professionals at CBP and to the Port Authority Police Department who helped us with the arrest on Saturday evening. Last but not least, I want to extend my thanks to the FYNYPD Child Exploitation and Human Trafficking Task Force. The public should know that to be on this task force, you must volunteer. The work is agonizing, but it is one of the most noble missions our agencies can engage in, and we engage in it together. Thank you. Now, before we get to the questions, I wanted you guys to listen to that in its entirety. We need to uh, remember that now they're asking for the public to come forward, meaning anyone who has been a victim of his circle of friends or has been employed by him because basically he was a pimp or have seen anything or know anything to call. Now, keep in mind, and I'm going to warn you on this, just like we saw during the election period the presidential elections, we will now see fake victims come forward to claim that President Trump was present and make allegations. I 100% guarantee you. I 100% guarantee you. But here's the deal. Number one, we all know that President Trump is a germaphobe. That's number one. Number two, he's quite a shy person in respects of public display of affection, etc. And number three, he doesn't drink or do drugs. So this, I'm just telling you now, you need to keep that in mind. You need to keep in mind who drove to open up this case, who pushed to open up this case. I know all of us are saying, you know, oh, the Miami Herald, oh, Mike Cernovich. Yes, they did on the side of advocating for the citizens, but it was President Trump that put pressure on the Department of Justice. Why? This is like Pandora's box. And like I was saying in my first half hour, the information I found where the Clintons literally made the introduction and got a finder's fee of millions so that Epstein can procure mm, product, should you say, the children, is incredible. Mm, really incredible. 
Now, I'm telling you this, I am warning you this, and like he said, I don't care what kind of power you are or status you have, you will be held accountable. And I urge anyone that may be listening, that may have been a victim at some point in time, no matter how embarrassing you think it is, speak up. Now, moving along, we need to listen to the questions because most of these questions came from the corrupt mainstream media. Check out their underlying notions of these questions that were put forward. Okay, we're going to take some questions, but first let me preface it by saying that there's been a lot of speculation in the media about individuals affiliated or associated with the defendant, Jeffrey Epstein. As you know, Justice Department guidelines prohibit us from talking about such individuals. And so I just want to let you know that uh, if that question comes up about any individual, my answer will be uh, no comment, and that will be across the board, no comment. And I urge you not to read anything into that one way or the other. Are there any questions? Yes. Okay. So first, first thing, as you heard, uh, one of them shouted out, why is this being handled by the public corruption office? He ignored it, but he'll revisit it later. Now, this person asked, well, he already had an agreement, uh, you know, that was put in place in Florida. Here's the sneak answer. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein entered into a non-prosecution agreement with the Southern District of Florida. That agreement only binds, by its terms, only binds the Southern District of Florida. The Southern District of New York is not bound by that agreement and is not a signatory to that agreement. So because their volume is quite low, I'm going to repeat in summary. He said, listen, that agreement was with the District of Florida, not with New York. Hence, it doesn't count here. So why is it being handled by the public corruption unit, even though it's just simple sexual tra- sex trafficking charges? Well, I'm not getting into uh, the staffing decisions at the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office. I will say that I have confidence that the public corruption unit uh, is able, can ably handle this investigation prosecution as it has uh, so many uh, other matters. I will, again, urge you uh, not to read into the unit assignment Uh, anything one way or another. So he said, I'm not going to get into staffing uh, selections. Are you listening? Why they chose the public corruption unit to, um, you know, investigate. He said, I'm not going to get into it, but why we pick that staff, but I'm confident that they can do their job. Now, I I urge you all to see the video that was uploaded by Fox News on YouTube when you have the chance and, you know, skim through straight to the 12th minute where he answers this question because you will see pleasure. He is taking pleasure in stating that when he's repeating that the public corruption unit will be doing it. He has a smile, a smirk, and he is completely elated with the fact that the public corruption unit is there. So the question was, looking at the evidence, how confident are you that Jeffrey Epstein will spend decades behind bars? Look, I, we're, I'm not going to comment right now on the evidence. I will say that we are going to request detention 
pending the trial in this case. He said, listen, I'm not going to discuss the, um, you know, things about this case, but they're going to request that he's detained during the trial. So he says all of this stuff has been in the DOJ's purview since 2008. You guys have had it. And there was like this sweetheart deal that was cut with Acosta at the time, who's now labor secretary. Like, why is it coming out now? Like, why is there no accountability as to why this wasn't done, you know, in the past 11 years and it's being done now, basically, is what he's asking. Is it new information or are you just going by old stuff? justice, uh, nor am I going to go into uh, any aspects of how our investigation originated. I will say that we were assisted from uh, some excellent investigative journalism. Okay, not to toot horns. I'm not going to go about and tell you guys how, you know, we opened up the case and the details, but I can tell you it had to do with some exceptional investigative journalism. Hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't comment on uh, getting back at anybody or anything. That's not the way we work. We work with. So they just asked, hey, FBI, you know, is this like, you know, sweet justice for you that you're going back and you're going to actually press charges on a guy that you should have done way back then? And he doesn't want to comment. Now, let me tell you something. What statement he made was very important. He said. It was due to exceptional investigative journalism. Now, guys, my article yesterday painted a picture for you guys to see exactly who, what, when, and where. And I only picked one trip because my new one is going to be um, an even more important trip because here we have money to trace it. So the reason I wrote this article was because I actually read uh, Michael Wolf's uh, book. I was really upset. And I noticed that he mentioned a name and then, uh, you know, uh, it kind of like clicked a, you know, a light just went off in my head. And I thought to myself, hmm, that's funny. And then I saw that, oh, the U.S. government is actually going to reopen this case. Huh. That's funny. And that's where I was shocked, first of all, because I was, you know, you know, you guys, I've been saying it many, many times that I simply adore Mike Cernovich, even though I disagree with like 50% of the stuff that he says. Okay. 50% of it, I don't agree with, but I adore him because he stands by himself. You know, he stands by his word and he believes what he believes and doesn't waver for anyone. Well, Here's something funny. So yesterday when I was discussing my findings and the picture I, pictures I found, I was actually discussing it with Scott Adams, who's part of Red State, of course, as you know, and he has the Scott Adams show. And he sent me a clip 
where it was referring to a 2007 New York Magazine article in Vanity Fair where Michael Wolff described flying on Epstein's private uh, plane in the 90s saying that, um, uh, you know, Epstein was followed into the plane by, how shall I say this, by three teenage girls, not his daughters, who were 18, 19, 20, who knows, and model-like. So he said that he was on the plane in the 90s. Well, false. Because uh, according to flight logs, he was on the plane in 2002. And not only that, he was on the plane with a bunch of people, okay, a bunch of people that deal with children. And um, so Kelly Bovino, she was an aspiring model in the 80s, and she was a recruiter, kind of like... um, uh, Claire Bronfman, um, kind of, no, kind of like Allison Mack. So she was a sex slave. She was a recruiter. Um, she supposedly helped runaways. Uh, she is the one that found clients and also found, uh, girls. Uh, aside from the fact I've already told you guys that usually pedophiles, they groom the children that they have to groom other children or lure them, right? So let me run this down. On February 20th, 2002, flying out of JFK to go to Monterey, California for a co-sponsored event by Epstein and Brockman, uh, Michael Wolf was on that plane. He was in the jet. There's pictures from a bunch of them that were on the jet. We've got Pinker. Uh, he's currently right now the, um, he's like the department chair of the Department of Psychology at Harvard. And he deals with cognitive studies of people that go through trauma and working through it, specifically children. Then we have um, Nina and Tim Zagat, you know, from the restaurant review guides. So these guys loathe Trump. Try to find any reviews in there for a Trump restaurant. The only one they talk about is the one at Trump uh, Hotel DC. That's it. Uh, they are hate. They hate Trump. Huge Democrat supporters, and they love Epstein. Then we have Jerry and Kit Laborn. They're the founders of Nickelodeon and Oxygen Media. Oh, Nickelodeon, right? Then we have David Rockwell, who has his own group, the Rockwell Group, but he also created a company called Imagination Playground. And that's basically a thing where they go to schools and they bring toys and they teach kids how to play together. Weird, right? Then we have Caroline Miller. She's the director of the Child Mind Institute. And then Michael Wolf, a loser, right? But I have a lot to tell you on Michael Wolf on that plane. And then it's um, Daniel Dennett, Cognitive Studies at Tufts, again, working with children. And then uh, Richard Dawkins from Oxford University writes stuff like The God Delusion, uh, talks about dominance, talks about really weird stuff. Then we have Katina Matson, who's, um, I think she's like the wife or just simply the co-founder of Edge, of, of Brockman Inc. She's the president of Brockman Inc. And she's the co-founder of Edge, which was the co-sponsor of this event. Then we have Cindy Lopez. Cindy Lopez is mentioned in, um, in 2008 as CL in the questions posed to Jeffrey Epstein when he was being tried in Florida. And again, when he was being, when he sued, and well, no, when he was being sued. And then Richard Cook. Uh, guys, this guy, I found him through WikiLeaks emails on the Sony emails. Uh, so some nefarious stuff going on with Richard Cook, who at that time was the chairman of Disney. 
So all of these people got together for an event. Uh, Michael Wolf was really excited because he was going to have dinner with Rupert Murdoch, who, by the way, is also, according to sources, a frequenter of, um, you know, Lolita Express. Now, during that meeting and, you know, um, funded uh, gathering, we have some really interesting stuff that happened uh, that was quite curious for me to see. I found it very curious, actually. Uh, they were There was a lot of people in tech. That was the whole part point of it. Uh, there were a lot of children, uh, young women, uh, that could have passed for maybe 18, but they were all between the ages of 13 and 15. Now, the event, or their flying there was on the 20th. They all left on the 23rd in the evening, which was the day of the actual dinner slash event. Now, according to the flight logs, uh, you know, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Sean Koo, I think, is a name. Kelly Bavino, his sex slave. Nina and Tim Zagat, along with six unnamed passengers, were on board. Well, we found out the six names of the passengers because one of the people that were at the party in Los Angeles actually kept a blog, okay, which we found. And that blog was also chimed into by John Brockman. So we found this and we gained access and information. And apparently Cindy Lopez, that young girl in the pictures was there. Sarah Kalin, as we know, Epstein's assistant, also one of his victims that lured other victims. Jeff Bezos of Amazon. This is 2002. Sergey Brin from Google. Steve Riggio from Barnes & Noble. And Nathan Merv. Hold. He's the former Microsoft exec. Now, here's what's funny. Um, Nathan Mervhold, the former Microsoft exec, is the guy that Alan Dershowitz threw under the bus, you know, uh, in the press saying, oh, you know, this girl, Virginia, who's saying that she did all these things to me, must have had me mistaken with Nathan Merhold, who completely denies knowing Epstein, who's come on the record saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, in my article, I have a picture of that executive with Jeffrey Epstein having a beer and chit-chatting. So it's all BS. They're all lying. Now, in there, I also put what Virginia Guffrey, uh, who at that time was known as Virginia Roberts, uh, said in her affidavit, what she was doing um, with um, uh, Alan Dershowitz and what act she was doing and where they were doing it. And I want to point something out, okay? I heard something very specific that was said. They're saying that they're going after him for charges, for alleged, um, you know, which he did, okay, gross imposition, gross sexual imposition on minors and trafficking children. But they only said Florida and New York, one of the biggest centers and hideouts he's had, aside from his island that conveniently burned down last year, is his ranch in New Mexico, the Zorro Ranch. There is so much there. Why is New Mexico out of the picture? That's the question. They specifically omitted it. Now, I'm going to tell you something crazy about New Mexico. Now, if you read my article, my question was, who is the one that is stymieing the unsealing of this case? Now, everyone would argue, just like I would, oh, it's probably Prince Andrew. Guys, bottom line is, 
the royals don't really give a crap. You could sit there and tell them they're raping kids, eating kids, killing kids. They're royals. You can't prosecute them. They're just going to say, we reject anything you say. And that's it. You can't do anything. So who was really stymieing it? Look at the people that are censoring us. Look at the people that are restricting our access to information, not only to access and absorb the information, but also to disseminate information. That's right. Not only did I show you a picture in my article of Jeff Bezos with Epstein's sex slave, but I show you Eric Schmidt of Google. I show you all the people of Google hanging at a party with Epstein in 2003. Right. This is 2003 that we have them. Now, in 2003, as you will see, Bezos was with Mackenzie at the time. So that's where they kind of started to solidify. I don't know. Did they get married? I didn't even do my homework, but she was there at the time. So my question is, it's really weird that she filed for divorce now and the president chimed in now, especially when, you know, the house burned down, uh, you know, on the island, there was a fire. And then she was like, oh, divorce. Did she find something out? Was there evidence? Was she subpoenaed? Because all of this has been going on in the background. So that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. I'll see you guys all in just a bit right after this short break so we can continue. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, Unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So hopefully we'll have an hour uh, to us uninterrupted for those of you listening to me in your cars, on your airwaves, or wherever you may be. Uh, first of all, I hope that, you know, you listening to me, I find you in great health and in great spirit. Because right now, this week, it is going to be pretty insane. Uh, we're seeing the mainstream media... Uh, uh, really, really hammered down on censorship. We see it on Twitter. About three hours ago, the president tweeted, retweeted a picture by the Reagan battalion where it showed, uh, which by the way, the Reagan battalion, I'm just letting you guys know, they are operatives of Media Matters. I'm just letting you know. I have been talking about this uh, for years with my own personal Twitter account that no longer exists. Uh, So not to be trusted, but again, mm, you use them and you retweet them only to have all eyes on them. Remember that. Now, they retweeted a picture where it showed President Reagan shaking President Trump's hand. Now, that's something that I've been talking about, something that I've been tweeting about all last week about this plan and about how Reagan knew that he was going to be president, how these presidents have met before. I even um, shared a picture of President Trump before that famous handshake where Reagan said he felt that President Trump was going to be president. But anyway, the point of the matter is I want you to go to uh, President Trump's timeline and take a look and you'll see uh, there is a tweet that he 
put out a retweet that says cute twitter.com reagan battalion and it's no longer available twitter has censored the picture of the president shaking ronald reagan's hand with that quote of ronald reagan i am just pointing that out to you guys so you could be paying attention and pay attention how our president today is uh, tweeting a lot about patriotism, retweeting how big the movement is, because again, there will be so many attacks on this president. Uh, y- you know, you will not be able to breathe. You think what you saw with Kavanaugh, with the fake accusations, was something? Geez, you have no idea what's to come. But here's the thing like the FBI say, great investigative journalism. And by the way, Today, to all my listeners, at some point, please, I will pin it on my Twitter account at um, uh, at T-O-R-E underscore says, S-A-Y-S. I'll also put it on Gab, same handle, and I'll, and I'll also put it on the Tory Says Show page uh, in Facebook and on the Red State Talk radio group. I will put up the article that shows that it seems that the Clintons took money in exchange of offering Epstein services. Uh, it, this implicates the former Chinese prime minister as well, uh, no, president, and I said prime minister, who is under house arrest, by the way, who is very corrupt by the, oh gosh, you have no idea. So I'm going to keep it short and simple. And I want you guys to retweet it. I will tag the FBI on it um, and SDNY so that way they can all see it. And hopefully you can retweet it to get it out to them so they can see all the correlating information along with what I can justify through what I have uh, from Epstein's, uh, you know, little black book and everything. Now, I wanted to draw your attention to how the mainstream media to overthrow this president, overthrow, should I say that, or usurp our democratic republic, whatever you want to call it, impeach the president. They tried to convince all of us, right, that our president was in Russia asking prostitutes to pee on him, on the bed, whatever. Remember, President Trump is a germaphobe, okay? So that's like the hardest thing you can ever convince anyone about. It would have been easier for them to try to make a case of him being, you know, one of Epstein's, uh, you know, customers, which again is very difficult to do because he's a germaphobe. Uh, And I also wanted to make mention, you know how he says, I'm in love with my daughter, you know, pictures that they show him and Ivana and whatnot. Guys, you know what? Back in the days, it was different. I mean, my dad used to say the same thing about me. My dad used to be like, oh my gosh, you're so gorgeous. If anyone could be in love with their kid, I'm in love with you because you are so awesome. You're a beautiful woman. You're smart. The same things that they take out of proportion that President Trump um, said to his daughter. You know, my father used to say, I guess, you know, when a parent is like truly proud and, you know, fosters their 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 firstborn daughter as like, oh my gosh, I need to like protect you and cloak you because that's how daddies feel about their girls, right? They do. So it drives me insane. You know, they show pictures of Ivana sitting on his lap. Dude, I have so many pictures sitting on my daddy's lap. It's like the weirdest shit ever. Oops, did I say that on air? Oh my God. I'm just saying I have tons of that. And if I look at them, I'm like, oh, but it wasn't like that. You know, if I look at them now, the way society has conditioned us to think wrongly about things, you know, no more innocence, no more of that. Everything is 
disgusting. Everything is painted in a picture that was like completely innocent. You know, back in the days, kids used to bathe with their daddies and be like, oh, what's that? You know, and it would be funny and it would be cute. Nowadays, it's like, "Mm -mm, you can't do that. It's sexual harassment. You can't spank your kid. You can't slap your kid. You can't, you know, discipline your kid. And definitely you can't sit on your father's lap because someone's going to call CPS on you. This is where we're at. So they've conditioned us to that point where, you know, even I myself as a woman, Even though I can see daddies running behind their little girls, grabbing them, biting their tummies, you know, like, ah, you know, I get iffy and I'm like, Ooh, that's a little bit too much, you know? Uh, but it's not, it's, they're playing just because they're girls, you know, it doesn't have to be sexual. We're so over-sexualized as a society and so deviant when it comes to something like sex, which what happened to the emotional connection? What happened to the, to the, the faith in good? I mean, This is where the media is taking it right now. So you will see them spin another picture of President Trump. But I have been following the Epstein case before Epstein was a thing. Okay. And I have a treasure trove, a treasure trove of things saved and backed up on different little servers that I'm just pulling out of my magic hat. And in my article, you will see that I posted snapshots of a New York Post article from like 2007 when Epstein case was kind of, you know, heating up and he was being questioned and everything, right? Where they had called Mar-a-Lago, right? And they spoke to someone who literally said, uh, you know, that they had banned uh, Jeffrey Epstein from um, Mar-a-Lago. And so uh, here's the thing. I want all of you to listen to the statement made out uh, by Trump Marlago, right? And then you tell me who that sounds like. Because we can all tell who made that statement. We all know that President Trump was always his own PR guy, right? Totally sounds like something President Trump would say and did say. And that's what's funny. That he said this, he said this, and they knew it. And guess what? They deleted every reference of it on the internet. There is no reference of that sort on the internet at all. And specifically, just so you know, in the article that was called Sex Case Victims Lining Up, it was on page six of the New York Post, published October 16th, 2007. It reads, Meanwhile, the Marlago Club in Palm Beach last night confirmed a website report that Epstein has been banned there. He would use the spa to try to procure girls, but one of them, a masseuse, about 18 years old, he tried to get her to do things, the source told them from Marlago. Her father found out about it and went absolutely ape bleep. Who would say that? Right. So he was banned from Mar-a-Lago in 2007. Banned. Because he was discovered to be doing nefarious things and recruiting young, pretty girls. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, President Trump likes nice, young, pretty girls. Yeah, young and legal, okay? Young and legal that have like, uh, you know, something to offer. Ivanka had something to offer. She was super intelligent, super elegant. Uh, Then we have Marla Maples. She is super smart, right? And that's who he had a kid with as well. You know, Tiffany Trump. 
And then Melania Trump, she, she speaks like she's a polyglot. She's intelligent. Uh, you know, of course, he likes beauty, but he also likes brains. He doesn't like empty brains. Oh, but he likes his share of, you know, porn stars. Why not? I mean, a lot of men fantasize about that. I mean, when Henry Kissinger had affairs with a porn star, no one said anything. When Diane Sawyer was the slut of, you know, Washington, D.C., no one said anything. You know, these are these are just, you know, sound bites or bleeps where they try to make you feel like, uh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. President Trump is this bad guy. He's not. He's the guy that doesn't drink, that doesn't smoke, that doesn't do drugs. He's the guy that would sit in the club and just watch the pretty women while every single name, uh, you know, big name was high, drunk, dancing. And there was a meme going around saying that, um, you know, the sober one is the one that remembers what you did when you can't. He observed. You remember he met with President Reagan twice. At the beginning of Reagan's term and then at the end. Just remember that. Because when you want to dismantle something so huge, you have to make sure you've got the goods. You have to make sure you can get it done. Or else you will be taken out. Now, also yesterday in my article, aside from calling out the New York Post for destroying that evidence where they had confirmed with Marlago that it was true that he was barred, right? We forget to say that, um, I forgot to tell you, Michael Wolff, when he was on Epstein's Lolita Express jet, because it was the specific jet, the 200, that has the bed in the back where they have group sex and everything, I'm going to tell you something very explicit. So Michael Wolff was extremely excited because he was going to meet with Rupert Murdoch. He was like, seriously, like wetting his pants. And apparently, you know, when these guys are sitting on uh, the plane and they're having discussions, these young girls will just go around and, you know, perform oral sex on them while they're having conversations. That's what they're there for, to pleasure them. And apparently one of the girls on the notes that she made, because remember, Epstein kept detailed notes about every single person who he hooked up. Who hooked up with him, what they like, what they don't like, what kind of things they're into, what they're not into. He kept detailed records. And this is on the record by the actual victims that they were after whatever trips they were on or whatever sexual acts they performed, they would then reconvene with him and he would, they would provide him uh, information that he would jot down his notes. So here are some notes that he couldn't complete the sexual act because he was so nervous. And that he was literally sweating and talking about how excited he was with another man he was having a conversation with on the jet that was across from him receiving the same type of service from another young lady that was about 14 or 15. That's who Michael Wolf is. Now, a lot of you may say, well, maybe he didn't know she was 14. Doesn't matter. What kind of man degrades a woman to the point right? That they have them for their service. I mean, it's just disgusting. I've talked about how humanity has grown and evolved, right? We've grown and evolved because we've become more intelligent, more compassionate, because now we're able to access more information and educate ourselves. And we have access to technology, which makes our life supposedly easier. So the bottom line is here that when we still have people that degrade human beings to that point, you know, to service people and treat them as if they're objects. 
because that's what they're doing. Now, don't get me wrong. Prostitutes, completely different. They, you pay, you have sex, you're done, right? Have Paying a prostitute, though, to be tossed around your buddies for fun and treating her like that is not correct. Regardless if she's performing a sexual act or not to fulfill your carnal needs, no one should be degraded like that because that's exactly what they used to do to slaves, right? And the word for um, prostitute, the formal word for prostitute in the ancient Greek language and how it was used in Israel and Egypt and Greece is ieroduli, which means uh, a, a, a slave to something that does something um, personal and sacred, that is exactly what it says. Slave to tend to more of a sacred need. So again, just like we think harems, you know, like one dude having a room with concubines and, you know, their existence only exists to please him and his friends and whoever he brings is wrong because they're slaves. This is slavery. This is modern slavery uh, when they have things like this going on. And these human beings have no morals because that's the thing. How do you keep a country moral when you lack faith, when you lack boundaries? I mean, strippers, guys, I'll tell you what, if I wasn't in the line of work that uh, I was at a young age, I would have made tons of money being a, an honest stripper, meaning, you know, I would just be dancing and making tons of money because men are that dumb. Excuse me, my male population. Um, but stripping or prostitutes, no big deal. I mean, it's a job. But they shouldn't be degraded to the point of crawl for me, do this for me, um, do this to my friend. And while my friend does this, do this. That is, again, a slave to something sacred. That was the ancient word for women that were used for sex. And they were usually young because they needed to groom them. In China, we see it with the emperors where they have the concubines. In uh, Turkey and in other places where they have sultans. And even in Saudi Arabia, they have, you know, harems. And the harems actually have all these women that are brought up and at the age of like 12, 11 and 12 are put into these places where they're trained by the other older women how to please men and how to act. This is exactly what what Epstein was doing. He was offering a mobile harem. He was offering not only a mobile harem, but he was offering them no strings attached. And a lot of nefarious things happen. Children go missing. Uh, yesterday I was having a conversation with someone where they, you know, brought something um, up, which I knew about and, you know, I've never talked about. But um, this person had told me about a friend that they had and I've seen this so this is like legit that um at morgues sometimes body bags will be just dropped off with stacks of cash in it so your job is to take that bag and burn it and take the money now um you know this friend of mine was re reliving a story of how her friend uh, you know, said, well, the bag was really light to be an adult. I'm saying this because this is key. 
What people don't seem to understand is one uh, harems, like for example, uh, are not something uh, or something. Yeah, that you can hide in those countries that still have them of what goes on. Um, and it's acceptable in their culture or whatever. But think about how many nameless and faceless children have been victims of snuff activities, right? Because a lot of them like to kill their, you know, their encounter, you know, the children that they encounter with for pleasure too. Think of the temples that were on Epstein's Island. Think of all of that. Now, while you're thinking of that, I want to remind you that his ranch in New Mexico, his place in Palm Beach, and his mansion, this huge brownstone in New York, huge, had pictures. You know what kind of pictures? Pictures of the girls. And one thing Epstein did was videotape and take pictures of everything. And I said it at the beginning of my show, and I'm going to say it now for those of you that didn't hear it, which I entered is Epstein only got one count. I'm telling you, he's got a sweet deal. He's handing over everything. I mean, if I have access to some of his stuff online, you better make sure that the FBI does. You better make sure that the DOJ does to have Pelosi's daughter come out and say, oh my gosh, some people that we know and work with, which is their people, are going down wherever it is. Either they be Republicans or Democrats, let the chips fall, right? Huh. That's because they already know he got a deal. That's because they know that he's releasing information. But here's the deal. I want to see how open they're going to be about it. I want to see how transparent with the videos and the pictures they're going to be about it. Because the thing is, this isn't about Democrat and Republican, okay, guys? I've said it before. President Trump is neither of those. He doesn't subscribe to parties. He subscribes to one thing, and that's America first. He subscribes to one ideology, which is to fight for his country and make it as good as he can at the best in, in the best way that he can. That is it. There are going to be a lot of Republicans and whew, a lot more Democrats that are going down. One of them is a former senator of Montana, McCarthy. <laughs> He's on the flight logs. He didn't run again. He just was like, yeah, not running. Of course you're not because you had the option. So I want every one of you, if you want to find out who's in trouble, here's what you need to do. You need to go and find this list that I've put out there somewhere of all the people that resigned or didn't run for reelection in 2016. That's all in, in 2018. Sorry. That's all you need to look at. Look who did not run again in 2018. And then look at who's not running again for 2020. Okay, that's all you have to do. Because they had an option. You either bow out and do this in silence so you can not ridicule your family. Or you can stay in the spotlight and I will take you down. Now, a lot of them took it, took the out and said, all right, let's do this in private. Let's, yep. But a lot of them <laughs> thought, What's he going to do? He's not going to do anything. We're, we have the royals. We've got governments that are in these networks. But remember, Hillary Clinton said that if they go down, she's taking the majority of Congress with her. Yes or no? She made that statement. I hope she sticks by it because, you know, it's not like we need any help. We got this. Now, aside from Epstein taking down, one thing I wanted to 
draw attention to is the connection of Claire Bronfman from the Nexium cult and Epstein. So there's a connection there. So what I wanted to say without saying too much is they said it was because of good investigative journalism. Well, didn't I tell you that they kind of crossed over months ago? Because if you look carefully enough, you will see that a lot of things overlap. A lot of people overlap. Oh, so that's that. Now, before the break, I just wanted to tell you something, and this is just a clue. Uh, I called a journalist friend of mine, which I adore and I consider my best friend, and told him what I discovered. So like I told you, I discovered that the Clintons sold well, it looks like they sold Epstein services and received millions for it. Now, during that time, I also saw that the same customer that was a Epstein customer also made another, uh, uh, I would say investment in a specific, um, company that the Clintons had, but here's where it gets really weird. This company is a shell company. A foreign entity shell company and a shell company and a shell. So dubious. Guys, when I tell you what the Clintons had done, right? Aside from the fact that selling Epstein services, but what else they've done in our faces, under our noses, and we're talking 90s to 2004, 2005. Huge scandal. And their tushies are out. But I'm here to just drag it up. And I don't know, maybe it was divine intervention where I found that small little crumb of that client who bought, you know, Epstein services from Clinton investment, but it was really weird. And not only that, it looks like some government state uh, governments were in on it too. So it's just pretty huge because Epstein is like Pandora's box. Yes, pedophiles. Yes, this but remember, those that disregard humanity or human decency like them, that pass girls around like that, that, you know, treat them like objects, that dispose of them like objects, right? Because again, you want to be a prostitute? Fair enough. You want to be a stripper? Fair enough. Do your thing, man. You like it, do it. But on the other hand, you as a man, how are you raised or how do you treat human beings if you take that prostitute and you put her on in a room with 20 of your buddies. That's not how real human beings should act and treat another human beings. Cause, cause when you can do that, you can do a lot worse and think having a prostitute that 20 of your friends assail or having a person that you have, you know, toil in your farm, which one's worse? I think the prostitute, not the slave on the farm, but the sex slave is the biggest one, right? immorality, complete immorality. And again, to be in that industry and accept it and be playful about it, you got to be groomed from a child. This is why they're young. Okay. So we're going to cut to a break and I'm going to come back, talk about the elections in Greece, talk about Turkey and Libya and what's going on with the war there and a little bit about Iran and maybe just a few more things on Epstein. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. 
If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, news. Real news. 
Okay, welcome back, everyone. I don't know what's going on with these clips. Today has just been a crazy day uh, connecting to the server. It's as if nobody wants me to do a show today. Um, So uh, for those of you that have had interrupted uh, radio service from me, I will be uploading this this evening right after. I publish actually um, two, one very small one, referring to something super hilarious about the Clintons. Wait till you see it. Uh, Guys, it is the most embarrassing thing ever. It's like the best, nicest troll I will ever do for them. And then the second one is um, pretty much showcasing um, how uh, the Clintons uh, were selling Epstein services to specific individuals and getting paid for it. Um, Now, where do we go? Epstein. Um, let's just finish on that chapter. Of course, pedophiles, of course, this, it links a lot of global, uh, governments. Um, but it's not just about the children and the sex slaves. It opens up the businesses attached to it. Now, one thing that I've been calling for, and I saw that Mike Cernovich actually created a, um, petition for on Soros's change.org page, which is super weird, um, is to ask to get the details of a slush fund that our senators and congresspersons enjoy to shut up their victims of any victim from, I don't know, personal loss, gross sexual imposition, having sex with children, selling children, drug trafficking, uh, um, you know, stuff like that. So that's one thing we need to see. Another thing that I've seen going, and I saw it from like a commentary from one another talk show radio host slash wants to be on TV uh, that I can't stand, and we all know Mark Levin, uh, total infiltration, infiltration, um, and kind of opportunist, you know, kind of likes Trump now because he can make money on him. But um, the conversation was that, you know, if they can demand the IRS to get Uh, citizens, uh, you know, tax returns like President Trump when he was a citizen, then we as citizens can ask for the tax returns that they file. Now, that was a dumb statement to make because they do file financials. So we have access to those. That is how I know the companies that Nancy Pelosi says she owns. Yet, here's the deal. Most of the companies that you see there are shell companies. Most of the companies there are portfolios that they claim. They do tell you they're very transparent. It's on Legistorm. So, you know, one of those discussions, that discussion there was all about talking to people that have no idea how the government works. And this is what I wanted to point out. When you have people telling you things like, oh, we're going to pull their tax returns and we're going to demand it. But, you know, why? They already do it. It's the law that they show us and it's online and it's publicly filed and you can sign up for Legistorm.com for free and download it. So that was just grandstanding. I want to just point out where the infiltration happens because if you're so good at politics, how do you not know that we have access to everything Pelosi files because she can't file something as, you know, her financials in the house and file something different on the IRS. That's against the law. That is a violation of law. That is a felony. So obviously their financials are already available. So when you hear idiots saying, well, we're going to start asking for IRS quiet. That is where you say, uh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Cause it's already there. It's kind of like someone saying, 
you know, um, oh yeah, well, I'm going to ask, you know, for your picture because whatever, when your picture is right there, why are you going to ask and subpoena my picture when it's already online? You see what I'm saying? Why are we going to subpoena the IRS or demand the IRS hand over their tax forms when it's already online? That was the dumbest conversation I ever heard. And I just wanted to point out, you know, be careful who you listen to, be careful who you follow, uh, you know, and always use your objective thought and criticism on everything. Please be careful. Be very careful because today I even tweeted out a picture of someone and I put it on there totally benign to see who would catch on where there was this diversified, you know, non-gender specific looking multicolored, multi-pierced person who was wearing QAnon gloves. And what I said was nice gloves so people can see it. The only reason I said it is so people can pay attention to the person and boom, people noticed it. Why would anyone following Q have Satan tattooed on their chest it's called infiltration it's called misguiding and it's called pulling people so people need to pay attention hence why the drops are fewer and apart only because infiltration you know is attempted to be stymied and also you can only do that easily when you're outside of the country or have a stellar bouncing server because then the fbi who already has a warrant to troll the great awakening and this is why it's lately on patriots fight you know can access this so in order to maintain anonymity drops are a little bit more sparse usually what happened when we're out of the country or have, you know, bouncing servers. I'm just putting it out there because then you can put one and one together and figure out why we had drops when we had them. And I think it's time to go mainstream. Who knows? Maybe we'll have some drops today, right? So moving along, um, what else did I want to talk about today? Um, so I talked about the infiltration. Those were two examples that I wanted to put out. I did tell you in the morning that swallow well will be, um, pulling out of the race. That's going to be at some point later. Um, what else? Uh, Oh, Guys, the British are making fun of us. Okay, that's something I wanted to to kind of put out. So, you know, England right now is like a hot mess. They've just retried Tommy Robinson and it's all about censorship, no access to free speech. These people are slaves and subjects to the crown. So, I mean, how could they come out and talk smack about us, right? And yet they are. So one of my favorite comedians is Victoria Taft. One of my favorites, she's British. And she was mocking us how there's discrimination, hair discrimination. I kid you not. I kid you not. Gavin Newsom on July 1st signed the first bill and is the first state to sign a bill against hair discrimination. This is just how freaking insane, insane the left is. Now we have hair discrimination and we have people that have no free speech mocking us because this is how retarded it looks. I mean, hair discrimination, Jesus. You think about it and you're just like, nope. Yep, that's the way it is. Now, another thing I wanted to bring up was Michelle Obama flapping her mouth lately, you know, and how people, you know, didn't see it the way I saw it and I wanted to kind of put it out there. So, you know, Michelle Obama, there was an article that was run by Breitbart yesterday where um 
was it yesterday? She said, oh, Barack Obama made the presidency look so easy. It was super easy. And if a black man can do it, anybody can do it. And it's like, dude, first of all, um, she is supposedly, okay, forget the fact that she's not classy at all. That statement for me in her interview on Saturday, um, she was talking to Gail King, right? at the essence festival so it's like about an all black kind of event for women blah 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 so she's like i guess it's kind of like if a black guy can do it anybody can do it and that's not true it's a hard job stop she just demeaned every single black american out there so what are you saying that black americans are dumb so if they can do it anybody can do it that is exactly how i read it and i'm offended and i'm not even a black american i'd be super po'd i mean where are you guys where are my sisters where are my brothers at to say yo are you trying to say that we're that dumb so if one of us can do it anybody can do it how dare she this is the division sowing that none of us were paying attention to the racists are the ones that are crying racism the bigots are the ones that are crying bigotism the sexists are the ones that are crying sexism I mean there's people that were whining on the internet about how women's soccer team isn't getting paid as much as men okay first of all let's just say it was a disgrace they won the cup and threw the american flag down and disgraced it like oh look at me i'm so awesome first of all let me say something i fell in love with soccer when i was younger because i would travel to europe a lot so soccer's a big thing it's called football there <laughs> well it's called football all around the world except for america where we call it soccer but anyway i fell in love with it because i thought the players were super hot and they were super fit, super cute. And I would just watch football, well, soccer, because they're hot. So I'm like watching football and I, uh, soccer and I'm learning about it because I think the men are attractive. So this is why I watch it as a woman. American football, I don't watch. I don't think any of them are attractive. I can't see them. They all look bulky, you know, and I just don't watch U.S. football, you know, like classic NFL. I don't. And I don't really follow sports that I don't find something attractive about for me. Attractive meaning the sport itself or just eye candy watching or, you know, the methodology, you know, like I like cricket and baseball because it's calculated, obviously luck too, but I like those sports. I like soccer because again, it's calculated and it's super tiring. Could you imagine running up and down a field like that for 90 minutes? Like you got to be super fit. So all of that I can participate, but the majority of the sports, and we know this is a, is a guy thing. Men love sports. It's like a tribal thing, right? They love sports. So now they're complaining that women soccer players don't get paid enough. First of all, I am not going to pay a lot of money to watch women that look like men play ball. Second, they don't even have a quarter of the skills that the men's do. I'm sorry, you know, people can say whatever, but usually the soccer players that are in big leagues have been playing since they were like one. And I'm not going to say that the girls don't do it, but I'm sorry. They're not as good. They don't have fancy footwork and, and they just look like, you know, females or uterine, uterus carrying males, basically. You know, they're just like, I don't want to go see, you know, she males running around the field. It doesn't appeal to me, especially when they're caddy on the, can you, have you ever watched the game? Like I I've watched it caddy on the field, super, you know, blitzy, right? Um, 
and their um, plays aren't that good. Just being honest, this is me saying it. Nobody has to agree with me. Uh, you know, I'm telling you my opinion. So, you know, they're demanding more money now that they won the World Cup. They're just greedy. Greedy little witches that want more money for doing nothing. And not only that, they think they're somebody. They are nobody. No one's going to talk about the U.S. soccer team, the women's U.S. soccer team. Again, you had your day in the limelight because it was a world, you know, um, event and you were, you know, going up against other countries. You immediately dropped our flag and dismissed it so that you can parade around like you're the boss when you did absolutely nothing because Pino played like duty. I could have played better. Even though I'm like 45 pounds overweight, I still would have pay, played better than her on the field. You know, it, it was just horrible. So this is the division. They're trying to make us think that to be successful or um, to be, uh, how do you say it? Progressive, you've got to denounce your country, hate your gender, uh, desecrate flags, dismiss flags, you know, um, insult your government, insult the soldiers that protect you, ergo, you're progressive. This is, this is what they stand for. And this is division that the Obamas have created. Remember that. Just that one statement where she's saying that if a black man can do it, anybody can do it. She just degraded all black Americans. And I'll tell you what, there are so many other black Americans out there that feel the same way like me. You know, Ben Carson, Dr. Carson, you should say something on this. I mean, you should respond. How dare she degrade us? Mrs. I'm champion, uh, or he is the champion, whatever. So that's that on um, trivial politics. Now let's get into Turkey and Libya. Okay. So first, let's go into the Greek elections. So Greece had their elections and Alex was voted out. Thank God. Though we've got uh, Mitsotakis in. Okay, so Kyriakos, let's call him Cam. Okay, for short, super mouthful. It's not like everybody can say Kyriakos Mitsotakis. Very easy, right? So let's just say Cam, new prime minister of Greece. He is from the dynasty of that name, the Mitsotakis. So it was his great grand, his grandfather, wait, or was he a great, who cares? It's like the Kennedys. The Mitsotaki family is like the Kennedys of Greece, like no joke in regards to politics. So his dad um, or grandfather, Constantine Mitsotakis, uh, was a, pre- a prime minister of Greece in the 80s, right? Or was it the 90s? Crap. I don't remember one of the two because there was um, the socialist party and then there was the um, conservative party that's now in power. Now I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. I was with the socialist party um, with like following them. I actually um, interned as a kid when I was um, 12, 13, 14, 15, um, gathering things, you know, in the summer so that I can learn how uh, their electoral process goes and kind of dabble in politics because, you know, um, my Greek side of the family is actually very well established in that domain, let's just say. So I learned a lot about it. And I remember saying, well, why do, why does everybody not want the conservative party? Like he doesn't want the Euro. He doesn't want to sell out Greece to Europe. He's saying that it's atrocious. 
you know, he said that social security is not a good thing. Totally agreed with the guy. So anyway, after he passed and then, you know, um, Prime Minister Semitis came up in 99. That's when the drachma, which is thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years old as a currency, was removed and replaced with the euro, right? So he came socialist again. And that's all we've had is socialists and communists, et cetera, et cetera. Now, in the meantime, though, before Semitis and after Semitis, the daughter of Mitsotakis, uh, Dora Bakoyani, because she got married, so she used her married last name, was then prime minister, head of the party, and this is how it went. So now we've got this conservative dynasty in place, which is a good thing, because hopefully they'll align now with what Italy is doing too. Because it seems that um, the socialist side, the far left of Greece, was aligning with the UN in regards to Libya. And so the Greeks were totally against it. We're not going to help Turkey. Now, here's the weird, weird, weird thing. What happened was um, on Saturday, there was an agreement signed um, by... um, Uh, There was an agreement signed with Libya, but the UN controlled Libya, that um, Turkey has signed a joint defense agreement saying that they are now going to be fighting with with the Libyan army. So basically, you know, when they're fighting with Haftar, Haftar is, you know, the independent one, the one that, you know, nabbed all the Turkish officers, the one that told us, and I can't release it yet because I was asked not to. Um, so I'm just waiting on that. I was asked, hey, thanks for this information. Great find. Um, but we're not talking about it. So could you not? So I'm not yet. So I will at some point. It's in draft. Anyway, he actually um, provided the information how the guy that actually did the whole Benghazi deal that orchestrated the Benghazi attack, right, is actually in Ankara, Turkey safe and sound, and that Clinton and Brennan let him go. Now, Turkey is now fighting that General Haftar, who is part of the Libyan National Army, who is against the UN, who is against being ruled by the European Union. So now we have Qatar, Turkey, in Tripoli, the only front that they hold, the GNA, which is the only air quote recognized, you know, legit military government that the UN says so. So here's the deal. The UN is pretty much trying to align them that way. And the US is not working on that side. We are going with the whole Libyan National Army. We are not aligning with um, what the UN says. So I want you guys to understand that. This is where we're at right now. So Turkey just signed this joint defense agreement. And now Turkey is going to be acting as if they are the Libyan uh, army. And so the Libyan army will be trained by Turkey. And guess what else they're going to have there? The S freaking 400s that they're receiving for Russia. They're going to place them in Libya. This is a very big problem for us. 
not only a problem for us, the U.S., but Israel and other nations that have F-35s that are surrounding what? The Iran region, right? So this is where we're going to have problems and it's being stepped up because now we're having these two leaders, the fake leader that the U.N. put up for Libya and Erdogan aligning together and fighting. And so the Socialist Party of Greece was saying, oh, we're going to align with Turkey there. How are you going to align with them? With the U.N. allowing them to uh, take over your own sovereign waters, to take over your own sovereign minerals, and they're not doing anything except saying, hey, don't do that, but they're still doing it. Uh, You know, the fact that they're constantly going into your own, um, you know, country, um, you know, into the boundaries of Greece and uh, doing exercises, military, live ammunition, military exercises as if, you know, Greece's, uh, you know, sea is theirs, but then you're going to work with them. No, you're not. You're going to be just like Italy now, now that we've got a new prime minister, because if you noticed, and I did tell you this last week, told you a few things. First of all, Italy was not going to allow any refugees to come in, didn't they? They said no more. Why? Because they're trafficking human beings from the coasts of Africa, you know, Syria, Syria, down through to Europe. And guess who chimed in? Malta. Malta, the same government that is providing weapons to Tripoli, Libya. So this is where we need to be paying attention. Human, child, organ trafficking to Europe going through there. Now, they're not doing it through Greece only because Greece has a lot of U.S. ships in the area that are being monitored in that area because Sudabay Crete, they have to go through there. And so, you know, and so on and so on. So since there's a lot of international forces... Uh, these ships go elsewhere. So that's that. The other thing is, is that today uh, it was announced by uh, Gibraltar, huge lie, huge lie that the Grace One, remember it was that tanker that they were like, oh, it has crude oil and all that, had crude oil when it's impossible that it had crude oil, impossible because it did not have the right weight, the right size, and it has never been. And he says, Her Her Majesty's government in Gibraltar can now confirm after having received the results of the comprehensive laboratory testing you don't need comprehensive laboratory testing to see if it's crude oil or if it's fuel oil this is complete bs this is the type of stuff i'm talking about can you with your eyes if i put gas and crude oil right if i put those um you know side by side can you see the difference Yes, you can even smell the difference. So fuel oil is heavier than um, crude oil. And fuel oil actually um, separates like oil and water. And it has a distinct smell. It's a sweet sulfur. Whereas crude oil smells like farts, complete farts. Whereas the other one's kind of like sugar-coated farts. I'm just trying to like make it easier for you to understand. And then we have gas, as we know that, and I'm one of those people that loves going to the gas station because I love the smell. So first of all, that first phrase indicates the corruption right there. That first phrase of saying that we had to do this, that we had to do lab testing. And they said the very large crude carrier, V capitalized L capitalized CC, VLCC, 
I want you guys to look up the airport code. Uh, the Grace One, which was detained in the early hours of Thursday morning, is loaded to capacity with crude oil. Lie, lie, and lie. The results of these conclusively prove and confirm the information disseminated last week by Gibraltar, contradicting the st- statements of some commentators from outside the jurisdiction who had speculated that the cargo on the vessel was not crude. Ah, so you mean journalists, investigative journalists, the U.S. government, and everybody on their mother that said there is no way that's crude oil you got upset so you sent it to a lab no dude you just need pictures and the pictures speak for themselves you don't have to have a laboratory you could see it so um now they're saying that they've detained it and they've um prearranged to whatever in the international waters it had previously exited and they say that the he was going to the Banyas refinery in Syria, which is impossible. And then that the Banyas oil refinery company, the company is subject to European sanctions. And so it's directly applicable to Gibraltar. They just stole it. They wanted it. Now, on that note, guys, I will be uploading this show since we didn't have consecutive showing. And I want to wish you all a fabulous evening, okay? And keep your eyes out for that article that I'm going to be putting forward. It's going to be pretty insane quid pro quo for child trafficking now that's a new one right a new low for the clintons that is going to be coming out in the next hour or so on that note i want to wish you guys great evening and much love from all of us here at red state talk radio stay healthy stay diligent and remember um please uh careful who you follow it's really important that um you stay diligent to that okay Be careful who you follow. Have a great evening.